Today's message is going to come from a phrase that we find in Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 17. The Bible says, and refuse, and refuse to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders that thou didst amongst, among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. But thou art a God ready to pardon. Thou art a God ready to pardon. That's the phrase I want to preach on today. The rest of that verse says, Gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and forsookest them not. I want to preach on this idea of a God who is ready to pardon. What does the word pardon mean? Well, the word pardon means to forgive. To forgive means to put something away, to leave something behind, to set it aside. All of us are in need of forgiveness. Let me tell you this personal story. I'm 49 today, 28, about 28 and a half years ago, I was in university and I was studying to, uh, I was going to class and my major was business undecided. So I had gone to college not knowing what I wanted to do with my life, not knowing how I would live my life. I had no real ambition. I was the kind of person who just simply was concerned about having a good time. And the Persian Gulf War began, this was back in the early 90s. America went to, went to war against the nation of Iraq. I had a cousin that I'd grown up with. He was a year older than me, and we were brothers. We were cousins. We were like brothers. And he was going off to, um, to that war. He was in the military. And it, it just it concerned me. I was concerned about his safety. It also got me thinking about life. Another thing that was going on in my life at that time is I was not doing well in school. I, had, I was skipping my classes. I really didn't care. And I was making bad marks, bad grades in school. And the university had a rule that after you completed 60 credits of classes, you had to have a certain level of grades or you didn't get to complete your degree. They would expel you from the school. And I was in danger of falling under the grade level that I needed to be at. And I just decided, you know, I need to take some time off from school and try to figure out what I'm going to do with my life, figure out what I want to study. And so I took some time off and I was working at the school cafeteria, the place where we called it a dining hall. It was a place where all the students would go and, and they would be fed. And I began working there and I was working with a young man. His name was Dean and he was probably a couple years older than I was and he was a newly married man. He's also a young man who had recently gotten saved. He was in church and he was all new to him. He was very excited about it. 
He invited me to church. And he kept inviting me. And finally I said, you know what, I think I'll go. And I went to church with this man and I liked the services. And two men from that church came to my apartment and they visited me. And they asked me a question, if you died today, would you go to heaven? And I said, yeah, I think I'll go to heaven. He asked, they asked my two roommates the same question. My roommate said, well, we really don't know. They sat down, they took the Bible, and they showed us what the Bible teaches. And as I listened, this is what I heard. They took the Bible and they, they took us to a verse that said that all men have sinned. And I realized that night, I said, you know what? I have sinned against God. I, I have done things that are wrong. And they showed us from the Bible another verse, Romans 6.23, that said, for the wages of sin is death. And I realized that night, wow, I'm not the good person that I thought I was. See, I told those men that I would go to heaven. The reason I thought I'd go to heaven is because I considered myself to be a good person. I mean, I had never murdered anyone. I was friendly to other people. I figured, why would God send me to hell when I'm a good person and I'm friendly and I've never murdered? I mean, I've never done anything really bad. But when those men showed me what the Bible says, I realized that God doesn't judge only murderers. God judges everyone that has sinned. If we remember back to the Garden of Eden, we remember the first man that sinned. All he did was eat a piece of fruit God told him not to eat. He didn't murder anybody. He just disobeyed God. And that one disobedience brought death into the world. And so like Adam, I had disobeyed. Though I had not murdered and though I felt myself or I believed myself to be a pretty decent person, I was guilty. Guilty in the sight of God and worthy of punishment. I needed forgiveness. I needed to be pardoned. I was facing God's judgment and I needed God's pardon. The reason I needed God's pardon is because there was no way I could change what I had done. There's no way I could get out of this situation. Let me explain it to you this way. If you fell into deep water, let's say you were on a boat and someone threw you over into the ocean. And before they threw you into the ocean, they broke both your arms. And they threw you into the ocean. So there you are. You're in the ocean. And you're trying to keep your head above water and your arms are broke. You're injured. And you're not there very long and you notice the sharks are beginning to encircle you. So you're in the ocean. Your arms are broken. The sharks are coming. I don't think it would take you very long before you realized, I'm in trouble. I need to be rescued. If somebody doesn't come and rescue me, <laughs> I'm going to die. That's the situation we're in. 
We have sinned against God. We are injured. We've injured ourselves. There's no way for us to save ourselves. We need a Savior. We need someone to rescue us. We need someone to come to our aid. We need God to pardon us. We need God to forgive us. That's the only way that we can get to safety. I often like to use this illustration. Let's say that I was walking across a bridge. And as I was walking on the bridge, I looked and I saw a man and he was looking into the water. And he was leaning over the railing looking like this and the railing broke and he fell into the water. Deep water. I run to where he fell and I look and I see the man is he's struggling, his head is going under and he's flopping around and he's in trouble. He doesn't know how to swim. Now that man, if he doesn't get a savior, if somebody doesn't rescue him, he's going to drown, he's going to die. He's depending on me to save him. We are sinners. We've sinned against God. The Bible says that we can't save ourselves. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. The Bible says in Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. We can't save ourselves. Our good works can't save us. We need a Savior. We need forgiveness. We need forgiveness because we have sinned. And God is ready to pardon. This verse we read in Nehemiah is describing the heart of God And the heart of God is to pardon, is to save, is to forgive. The Bible teaches us what God did to pardon pardon us. The Bible teaches us what God did so that we can be forgiven. The Bible teaches us that God sent His only Son to die on the cross. He was the perfect Lamb of God. He had never sinned. He hung on the cross, innocent. But He was bearing our sins in His body. He was suffering our punishment that we deserve. He shed His blood. The Bible says He was placed in the tomb. Three days later, He arose. He conquered death. And He and He alone has the keys to everlasting life. And He can pardon us. He can give us forgiveness. As Jesus hung on that cross, He said several things. One of the things He said was, Father, forgive them. Jesus died so that we could be forgiven. Jesus died so that we could be pardoned. And God is ready to pardon. Do you believe that God would die for us and then not be ready to pardon? Do you believe that God would suffer hell for us and not want to see us saved? 
Do you think God would go through everything He went through on the cross and then make it difficult for us to be saved? No, He makes it easy. We just simply have to receive His pardon. We have to receive what He's willing to do for us. I told you that if I were to go to a bridge and see a man fall in, and I look down and I see that he can't swim, that he needs a Savior, but let's say I jump in to rescue him. I jump in to save him. I was trained when I was a teenager, about 16, 17 years of, old, years of age, I was trained to rescue people. And one thing I learned is that when you jump in the water to save somebody, they have to allow you to save them. You see, if I were to swim up upon that man and he sees me and he grabs me, and let's say he wrapped his hands and arms around my head, around, around me, he could drown both of us. What I was trained to do was to come up behind the man and to put my arm under his arm like this and to grab him across his chest. And then I keep him like this where he can't grab me. And then I say to him, calm down, relax, I will rescue you. If the man continues to fight and continues to struggle, I was trained, let him go. Because he'll drown you along with himself. It's important to allow someone else to save you when you need to be rescued. And though we could never drown God or know we could never do something like that, the, the, the lesson I'm trying to get you to understand is God wants to save you. He's ready to pardon you, but you have to allow Him to do it. You have to receive His pardon. Let me tell you this story. There was a man back in the year 1830. This is almost 200 years ago in the United States of America. And his name was George Wilson. He was convicted proven guilty and convicted of robbing the United States Mail Service. And that was a crime punishable by death. And he was sentenced to be hung by the neck, take a rope, and they hang him around the neck and take his life. He was sentenced to death because of his crime. In America, the President of the United States has the power to pardon someone's crime. He has the power to set someone's crime and their punishment aside and forgive them of what they've done. The President's name was Andrew Jackson. The President issued a pardon. He issued a letter, an official letter, granting the pardon of one George Wilson. But the man refused to accept it. The matter over whether or not he would die went to the Supreme Court of the land. 
And the chief justice concluded this. He concluded that the man would have to be executed. And this is what he said. He said a pardon is just a piece of paper. The value of which is determined by the acceptance of the person to be pardoned. What he was saying is this. A pardon is not valid. Forgiveness is not valid if it's not received. And this man said, I don't want to be pardoned. And so the Supreme Court Justice and the Supreme Court said, then you will have to be executed. Forgiveness was available to him. The ruling authority of the land had said, I will pardon you. I'm ready to pardon you. But the man said, I don't want to be pardoned. And so he was sentenced to death. Jesus Christ, our Savior. The Bible says, But God commended His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ died for you. I don't care what you've done. You may be guilty of murder. You may be guilty of stealing. You may be guilty of all kinds of wicked sins. The Bible says Jesus died for you. And He's willing. He's ready to pardon you. He's willing. He's offering you forgiveness. But you've got to receive it. If you decide not to take it, then you go to hell. Say, Pastor, how do I receive this pardon? The Bible says this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That's in Acts chapter 16, verse 31. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you believe on the Son, you have life. The Bible says in John 3, 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned. But he that believeth not is already condemned, for he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. What you have to do to be pardoned is you have to receive God's pardon. You see, God has done His part. He's ready to pardon. He stands ready to deliver you from the punishment of death and hell. You must receive it. If you reject it, it's not yours. If I offer you a gift and you don't take it, it's not yours. God is offering you the gift of eternal life. Will you take it? Will you receive it? Many people think that they can earn their way to heaven. They don't think they need forgiveness because they think they are worthy of heaven. They think they are righteous. They think they have obeyed the commandments. But God says we're sinners. God says we need to be saved. And God died on the cross so that we could be saved. And God is ready to pardon. He's ready to forgive. We've got to receive it. We've got to say, Lord, yes. In our hearts, we have to say, in our hearts, we have to believe. God, I am a sinner. I do deserve death. But you are willing to pardon. You died. You rose. I'll receive that. 
I'll take your salvation. Would you take it today? You started watching this broadcast today. Maybe you were not sure that you'd go to heaven. Maybe you thought that your own good works would save you. Maybe you thought that going to church would save you. Maybe you thought that being a good person would save you. No, you just have to receive the pardon by a loving God who's willing to deliver you from hell. And the way you receive that is by faith in Jesus Christ. Not faith in your own self, but faith in Jesus Christ. I hope today that you make sure your faith is in Jesus and not in anything else. Not yourself, not your church, not someone else, but Jesus Christ. If you have any questions about what you've heard today, if you'd like to hear more, if you'd like to discuss this, please contact us. We'd be glad to help you. Thank you for listening to the Fundamental Hour. We'll see you next week. God bless you.